As leaders, we often find ourselves caught up in the day-to-day challenges of managing teams and achieving goals. But how often do we pause and reflect on why we lead the way we do? Welcome to the Leadership Alchemist. It's not just a podcast, it's a mission. We're unraveling the mysteries behind our actions. More importantly, exploring how we can use this understanding to lead differently. We're here to challenge the status quo, to question, to learn, and ultimately to innovate in the realm of leadership. It's about leaving a meaningful impact on the lives of the people we lead. So if you're ready to embark on a journey of self-discovery, to challenge conventional leadership norms, and to explore the uncharted territories of innovation and leadership, you're in the right place. The Leadership Alchemist. Now your host, Paul Hylinski. In this episode of The Leadership Alchemist, we're tackling a big issue with a big heart, burnout. Join us as we sit down with Ali Glazer, a true champion in the world of leadership and wellness. As the founder of Ali Glazer Executive Performance, Ali's on a mission to change lives. Together, we're diving into burnout and stress at work, but more importantly, we're exploring how to beat it. With Ali's insights, We'll uncover the psychology behind burnout and learn simple, effective ways to prevent it. Allie is not just a coach, she's a life changer, making a daily difference in leaders' health and happiness. Get ready to be inspired and empowered. Let's start the journey to a healthier, happier work life. Welcome back to the podcast, listeners. Welcome back to the Leadership Alchemist podcast. So excited uh, today. Um, we have an amazing, amazing person. As you heard in the preview, we have Allie Glazier with us and uh, so excited to welcome her on to the podcast. Welcome, Allie. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. So excited for this. Um, you know, let's get right into it. Could you tell me a little bit and tell the listeners a little bit about your journey to founding your own company. That's so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I've just always been passionate about people. I've uh, always enjoyed helping, supporting people. I My degree is in social work. I have a master's in social work. I, I've taught in social work courses, specifically human behavior. I've always been really intrigued by the dynamics of human behavior. And, and I've also always had a passion for leadership. And I've been on my own leadership journey for the past two decades, always really wanting to learn more, take more courses, read more books. And uh, I've also been a trainer for my entire career. And that allows me to help others, help them build new skills, gain competence and confidence, and to help them develop new perspectives. And so having been the recipient of executive coaching and and knowing the benefits of it, it led me to pursue several coaching certifications, one specifically focused on executives. And so around 2020 Thanksgiving weekend, I decided this was the moment. Let's let's start a business. And so I spent those next two months uh, putting a corporation together, an LLC, designing a logo, working with a web designer. And with 
February 2021, just three years ago, uh, launched my business. That's absolutely amazing. So I, I have a question. How do you define success in your work, especially with working with executives and professionals? So whether it's coaching, training, or leading a team, success to me is when I feel that the people I've engaged with are better in some way for having interacted with me. So during each interaction, whether that's a, a session uh, or a training session, an individual coaching session, that individuals feel more empowered, more inspired, more knowledgeable, or more skillful, and particularly more valued or more respected as human beings. That's awesome. So I, another great question that I think the listeners are definitely going to benefit from. What are the most common signs of like burnout you see in your clients? Because we're probably seeing them throughout our teams as leaders. But what are the things that you look for? Well, certainly uh, disengagement is is huge. Um, when people start to just feel apathetic toward their relationships, toward their work, toward their teams, whatever it is that they're involved with, um, typically there's also a change in their performance level. So high performers who are just not performing at the level at which they typically have in the past. I, I look for signs of physical health issues. So often people's habits around working out, around eating healthy, around um, just day-to-day -day energy levels, uh, th th those things are all impacted. And they're pretty apparent when you work or live with someone who's experiencing that kind of burnout. Oh, that's, that's great. Those are some great things to look for in our teams. Um, what would you say, if you had to say one or two primary causes of burnout, what would you say they were? Well, I think that definitely our current hustle culture, you know, the, just the whole working long hours, uh, being rewarded for long hours rather than just for, for output and outcomes. Um, people aren't taking breaks. And I talk a lot about how important it is to take intermittent breaks throughout the day, uh, wh whether they're just, you know, 10 minute breaks after like a 90 minute, you know, focused session, work session, but also taking breaks as in like time away from work, uh, whether that's a day or a weekend or a week's vacation. And then when we're on those breaks, not working and not being tethered to our technology. I think the ubiquitous technology that we are that we ha that in the world that we currently live, it keeps us connected. We're always, always on. And and finally, I think working from home, while there's definitely some strategies of when we work from home that we can help us find better work-life balance and not spending two hours of our day commuting and all of the benefits that come with that, I think the downside is that people aren't they're not separating their work time from their home time in ways that more traditional work environments, um, working in the office has allowed us to do. That's so true. I mean, most of the uh, executives that I see, they're glued to their phones and it just never stops. So uh, th that's, that's fantastic. How about, um, 
How about, and this is the million dollar question, but what are some strategies or techniques that have been effective in like preventing burnout, right? Because we as leaders could have the ability to actually prevent burnout in our teams. We absolutely do, both in terms of our perspective on it and um, not buying into all the things that I just talked about that that help us to um, fall into that burnout trap. Um, I'm a big fan of an organization that's called the Energy Project. And many years ago, I read their book. It's called The Way That We Are Working Isn't Working by Tony Schwartz. And it's based on the, that group's research that talks about the four energy domains that we have. So they are physical, which is typically our sleep, our the food that we use to fuel us, our emotion or our, our emotional energy, which is our connection to others, our psychological energy, which is our mental focus, and our spiritual energy, which is our sense of purpose. So these are the four energy domains that we need to sort of tap into in order to feel whole. And so um, what happens is we have to renew those energy sources, right? Time, if we think about time management when it comes to burnout, our time is finite finite, but our energy is renewable and restorative. And so it's really about putting practices into place that after we expend a burst of energy, whatever that looks like for athletes, it could be the sprint, then they rest and they renew and then they go back out on the track, right? And they run around again as fast as they possibly can. So if we incorporate that sprinter mentality where we know that we've just worked really hard for a couple of hours and honestly 90 minutes is really optimal that we take even if it's just a few minutes to to renew those like our physical energy our what do we need to eat sometimes how many of us work through lunch because we're just so focused on the work that we're not taking care of our energy needs and then outside of the physical, there's the, are we connecting with friends or family or are we just working through our, our entire weekend or evening? Are we um, doing things that mean something to us? This is like spiritual, our, our purpose. Are we doing things that meaning that are meaningful to us outside of work? You know, whatever that might mean. And, and just having an awareness and an intentionality about these things is really, is really what's key. And, and then also, I want to talk a little bit, Paul, if you don't mind, about my all-in philosophy. Absolutely. And the checklist that I've developed to help people. It's just a simple tool. So when I talk about being all-in, which is my approach to how I, how I live and work, it's about feeling energized, engaged, and confident. For me, it's a mindset. And it's an approach to being at my best for every relationship, every activity, everything that I'm involved in. And in order to do that, it, it, we have to live with intention. I have to know how I want to show up, whether it's for my team or my at work, my family, my clients. So this all-in philosophy is about knowing what I need, so self-awareness, incorporating those things, self-care, and being intentional about it on a regular daily basis. And so when we, we put that equation together, self-awareness plus self-care plus intentionality, 
we can be all in. And uh, I work with my clients to develop, you know, one in awareness about what those things are if they don't have it. But more importantly, how to how to create a routine so that on a daily and weekly basis, we're tapping into those needs that we have, those four core energy domains. That was absolutely amazing. Uh, I have to tell you, I want to be all in. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I, I think you are all in. <laughs> I'll try. That's absolutely awesome. And uh, and and one thing that sets you apart than uh, than a lot of other leaders that I have met in my career is authenticity. So I want to mm -hmm. shift a little bit to the sure. role of authenticity. And how do you define authenticity in a professional context? For me, it's just being real. And I can't talk about authenticity without talking about vulnerability. So so for one, it's it's not acting one way in one context, uh, maybe with a client group, and then acting a totally different way with your direct reports. Uh, it's It's having a leadership philosophy and a set of core values that guides, for me, it guides my leadership and interactions and how I approach situations and how I relate to other people. So if we develop a leadership philosophy, which is a core part of the leadership development training and coaching that I do, helping people to establish that for themselves, and then we stay consistent to those values that are at the core of our leadership philosophy, we're gonna show up as our authentic selves in our leadership, no doubt. That is awesome. I like that. And uh, so as leaders, how do we cultivate authenticity in environments that really seem to resist it? And, and what I mean by that is we constantly, leaders, have to try to lead in an ever-changing world. After the pandemic, the entire workplace changed, the uh, workforce changed. So everything was changing. How do we really cultivate authenticity when the environment around us is resisting the change that's going on and, and resisting us sometimes? Yeah. Well, I, again, I think it comes back to intentionality and consistency for one. So it starts with us as the individual leader, and we can begin to roll that out on a smaller scale. So in our one-on-ones, uh, for example, I, I, you know, I start every one-on-one -on -one with like, how are you doing? H how are things? And again, people don't have to feel that to be authentic and vulnerable. They have to like unload all of their personal stuff at work. There's a there's a distinction there, um, and there's a time and a place for that. But it doesn't mean we should not be tapping into people. You know, part of my leadership philosophy is you're a person first. I care much more about you, the person, as I do about your performance. And and certainly as a leader, we have to care about performance and meeting a meeting objectives and all of those things. But if we start with the person first mentality, those other KPIs, they're going to be met. You know, they're, they're, that's going to come. Um, and if it doesn't, for whatever reason, treating someone authentically as a human being first will allow the more difficult conversations that we might have to have to be more authentic and more humane, frankly. Um, 
I know leaders then that have brought to their team meetings um, activities that can help to foster a sense of authenticity across the team. And, it, it, you know, it's so, for example, I'll share one. Um, it's called the pie activity p it's a p-i-e-s acronym. oh i'm interested in this because <laughs> you there's there's no actual like pie that comes oh. to that <laughs> but uh we could do we should try that but yeah. um really it's about the feet the p is for physically like how are we feeling in our body how are we feeling intellectually what what's going on intellectually with us our thoughts um emotionally our feelings and s would be safety or the level of support or uh, spirituality or anything specific that we want to share. And so the idea here is that at a team meeting, when we do a check-in or a huddle, that the leader can can say, we're going to kind of check in with on, on the pie <laughs> this week. And, and anybody can share any or all of those things. So it, it can be done, you know, quick. It can be a longer activity. It's certainly voluntary. We don't expect, you know, we want to create a place of psychological safety. So we don't want to put anyone on the spot with anything that is too personal. But what it does is you start to see a team that uses this on a regular basis to feel more comfortable, to feel safe sharing with both their peers and their leader what's going on with them and um, not to use it as, as an excuse or not to use it in any way other than to just be authentic so that people can say, you know, oh, I know you're going, you're, you know, you have some stuff going on. You might not have even shared the specifics, but just um, someone recently on, on a huddle that I was a part of said, I'm just, I'm feeling overwhelmed. And just being able to say that allowed a number of things to happen. One was as a leader, the leader is able to, to check in and make sure that the overwhelm didn't have to do with work that's something that they can you know have a that they could help that person with you know offload some stuff that week maybe um it allowed the rest of the team to to provide support hey do you need anything can we can we take something off your plate um but it also allowed the individual to just kind of say it put it out into the universe in a safe space and then go on with their day. You know, they they worked. They were fine. They performed well. They just had an opportunity to just kind of like offload that and then move on. So it 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 definitely those kinds of activities, and I'm sure there's many, many other examples of them, but it allows the team to see each other first as people. And then after that activity, it it becomes about, okay, now let's go around and share what are our priorities for the week? Who's doing what? What are the goals? What you know, what what's got it? So it's not just all fluff. It that work gets done, but what I have found is that the authentic the authenticity, the relational piece, that all builds an enormous amount of trust, support, and safety, which is, you know, what the heart of being authentic with one another. I, I can't agree more with you. And I, I've talked a lot uh, in, in previous episodes and everything about psychological safety. And, and I love how you're wrapping human leadership with psychological safety to where they feel, you know, people feel included and feel safe to contribute their ideas. I mean, that's absolutely at the heart of human leadership. And I, I really commend you on that. Um. The one thing, uh, so one thing I want to leave the leaders with, if you had to say 
either maybe one to three uh, immediate steps that somebody could literally leave this podcast episode on and then go put in play um, to start managing like work stress? Yeah. What, what's maybe one to three things that somebody could do? Sure. I, absolutely. I think that first is always for me is a shift in mindset. Um, having that perspective of really what's most important. Um, I think with wisdom and maturity and years in the field, you start to realize, you know, things work out. Things aren't, we don't have to catastrophize every stressful situation um, and lose sleep literally and, and or figuratively over it. And um, in addition to shifting our mindset, really creating a routine, uh, the all in checklist is all about uh, no, that self-awareness and intentionality and self-care that's it's creating a routine the checklist is the yep I'm I'm doing the, I'm getting my seven hours of sleep I'm taking that intermittent break for renewal and rest and restoration um, so so creating that routine that provides alone time or whatever time it is that you need to be able to do some reflection and bounce and um uh, planning, you know, the, the sort of the mental preparation for our weeks, setting boundaries, definitely setting boundaries around work time. Um, the, when we talked at the beginning about the ubiquitousness of our connectivity, um, we need to be able to define our start and end times to and our break times, and then taking those breaks when we need them, both throughout the, the workday itself, and then throughout our work weeks to be able to take time significantly away from work to, to shut down and, and restore our energy pools. That's, those are some amazing tips. And, and one of the things that I've kind of implemented in, in my own life to try to manage my work stress and just the overall health is the, the shaping of my morning routine. So in the morning, I typically wake up early. I do the same things every day. And for me, that's so important. And I include meditation, you know, exercise, uh, some type of healthy meal and learning in every day. And for me, that starts my morning off fantastic. And uh, it helps me really manage stress throughout the day. Um, I, I'm very interested on uh, some of your ideas. So as we kind of shift to the conclusion of this uh, episode, you know, I, I want to get your thoughts on the future of like workplace well-being and, and office authenticity too. you know, like where are we headed and, and, and where's the future of these things? Well, I think well-being continues to be at the heart of what every organization needs to be focused on. Uh, we, we can no longer separate the people and the humans that work in our organization from the work itself. Um, the relational piece, the providing resources for people to be able to be at their best every day. That, that's that's an inside job for companies and leaders. We, we must take responsibility for that if we want our teams to be healthy, high-performing, successful. And I think that with regard to authenticity, one of the things that comes to mind, and I know that, you know, in your work, Paul, you know, the whole um, realm of AI, it's just 
it's the future, right? It's it's here. It's not going anywhere. Um, you're you know you're an expert on that. I've learned so much from you about that. And so with that, what I what I would say is, what I've been saying pretty recently is, as I learn to leverage more AI tools, for me, authentic integrity is my version of AI. So as I begin to use the technology AI, I'm, I'm going to keep true to my philosophy of leading with authenticity and not um, relying on a machine to do the human part of my job. So can it help me with tasks and automation and things that are going to help make uh, more room and space in my leadership for the human aspect? That's for me, the future of of authenticity and and work life balance. I absolutely love that, and uh, you know, you are one of the most authentic leaders that I have ever met, and I truly, uh, I truly appreciate your viewpoint on it. And you know, part of the the undertone of me, you know, trying to drive AI into workplace cultures and everything is that if leaders didn't have to spend time, you know, burdened with the administrative minutiae every day, they could spend more time with the people that they lead. And to your point, you know, this human leadership, it's absolutely amazing and it's a game changer. And, And you, Ali, have figured out how to use that as a game changer and then teach other leaders how to do that. I truly commend you for everything that you're doing to make the world a better place. Wow, oh, thanks, Paul. And I've learned so much from you in just a short time, so I look forward to continuing to do so. Absolutely, you're too kind. Now, I want you to tell the uh, the listeners, you know, what do you, you know, how do we connect with you? How do we learn more about you? Is there is there anything you have going on that you want to tell the listeners of the show? Because I would love for them to be able to kind of experience you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, two, the two easiest ways to reach me are at my website, alleyglazer.com. I'm sure it'll post that, but A-L-I-G-L-A-S-E-R.com. And um, on LinkedIn, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, and I'm always looking to connect with new new people and uh, learn from each other in that uh, forum. So uh, easy to find me on LinkedIn as well. And bring me into your organizations. Have a call with me, and we can talk about if any of my work resonates and want to learn how to bring it into your organization. Super happy to talk to you about that and even just share some of my ideas and strategies. So always looking to connect. Absolutely. And, uh, and I invite the, uh, listeners to absolutely connect because meeting you has made me a uh, better leader. And I'm just excited for more and more people to experience your authenticity and, and just how you look at leadership, because I truly believe, uh, that if we focus on the human part of leadership, Um, We can change the lives of the people around us. So, Ali, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on this episode. And uh, you've taught us all, including myself, a lot. And uh, I'm just really appreciative of you taking the time to do this. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Such a great interview with Ali Glazer. I'm so excited that everyone got to listen to that. You know, it's so important to understand the science of what we're doing. 
So self-determination theory. And self-determination theory centers on three fundamental psychological needs. The needs for autonomy, which is the feeling of being in control of your own action. Competence, you need to feel capable of what you're doing. And relatedness, the ability to connect with others. And Ali talked all about that in the interview, connecting with others, leaders connecting with their teams and team members connecting with each other. So work environments that neglect autonomy, competence, or even, you know, an inclusive relatedness can lead to diminished motivation, increased stress, which culminates in burnout. And environments that promote these core needs can energize employees and actually reduce stress levels, which, as you heard, will prevent burnout. So I think to harness this self-determination theory, leaders need to create personalized growth plans with their teams to address the needs for autonomy, competence, and relatedness. And this could absolutely involve allowing the employees to set their own goals, providing them opportunities for skill development and growth, and then fostering a community in the workplace. And that will drive improved performance and reduced stress. All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, this was another fantastic episode of The Leadership Alchemist, where you learn the science and psychology behind leadership. This is your host, Paul Hylinski, signing off until the next episode. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to The Leadership Alchemist, one of the most unique podcasts on the Internet. And certainly one of the most unique podcasts on leadership. Paul looks at leadership through the psychological lens, diving deeper, unraveling the mysteries behind our actions, and more importantly, exploring how we can use this understanding to lead differently. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, please make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find Paul on LinkedIn and find him on Instagram at Paul Hylinski. See you next time on The Leadership Alchemist.